great to be here with you on a Sunday morning. Uh, I'm going to get straight into it because I'm excited about what I believe God has put on my heart to share with you all this morning. I was in our corporate support office, which is a little um, office back here. That's really the engine room of Civic Group. Uh, Shout out to... Was that me? I'm sorry if it was. Um, shout out to everybody uh, who, uh, who works really hard there for, uh, for the company and for us as a church. I was there uh, earlier this week and I noticed along the bottom of a windowsill uh, some blue tack. Curious, I asked, you know, what's the go with the blue tack? Uh, and they said, well, there's a little bit of a gap at the bottom of that window and it was letting in a sneaky breeze. And who knows with the weather as it was this week that a sneaky breeze is no good. Like we've got to plug that hole up. So they did the classic Aussie solution and just whacked a bit of blue tack on there and it sealed that sucker right up. I thought, good on you, that's great. You know, no more gap. And we're familiar with gaps, right? Spaces, big or small, that usually need to be filled. Uh, Potholes, missing teeth, uh, rosters or shifts. Uh, girls, the um, bottom half of our t-shirts, like they've been missing for the last few years now. Like we just want them back, please. Like who wears shirts up here? Seriously, like just give us the other little, it's, it won't cost you much more. We just want that extra bit of back. That is a gap we need to address. You know, some are, uh, some are tensions to manage and others are problems to solve. Jesus was addressing a gap to his listeners in Matthew 7. He was addressing a gap that he really would want the listeners then and us today to fill. Let's pick up uh, his address to his disciples in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, Jesus has just finished arguably his most famous sermon of his earthly ministry, the Sermon on the Mount. And he wraps it up by this impassioned plea to his listeners not to just hear his words of instruction. Don't just let it be uh, in one ear and out the other, but actually put them into practice. He was saying a life built on God's Word will stand in all seasons. It's like any time you uh, follow God's Word, it's like you're hammering a nail into those floorboards of the strong house that you're building on the rock, which we know is Jesus, the rock that won't shatter or shift. And upon hearing this plea from Jesus, his, the people had three responses. They could ignore the gap. Jesus, we don't really know what you're talking about. Um, we're in denial, um, so we're not going to do anything about that. They could mind the gap. Yeah, Jesus, we could see exactly what you're talking about there. But we're just going to sidestep that one. It's a bit too hard. Or perhaps in our culture, it's like cancel the gap. You know, that's too hard, so we're just not going to, to do it. Or the third response, close the gap. No, we recognise it and we want to actively work to reduce it. And I'm confident that Jesus would have wanted his listeners then and his listeners now me, you, those who are joining us over at chapel and online, 
to do the latter. He wants us to close the gap. That's the title of my message. If you're following along at home or if you're taking notes, uh, following on the uh, Uversion Bible app, close the gap. Close the gap between his words to us and our response to those words. Close this gap between God's words to us. I feel like a magician. God's words to us and our actions. There is a gap. Now they're all facing the right way, right? <laughs> that would be really embarrassing if it wasn't. And I love that, uh, that Jesus said everyone in this, uh, in this story or in this address. He said, everyone who hears my words. That's because God is speaking to every single human heart. Every single person who has breath in their lungs, like what we were seeing this morning, every single person God wants to speak to. And this is something that we need to lock in before we dive into this message this morning. He's a God of relationship, right? He exists in relationship in the Trinity and He created us in His image. And we have this innate sense of wanting to be in community and wanting to be in a relationship. And what do you do in relationship? Well, many things, but what's like number one right up the top? Communicate, right? If you're not communicating, you're not relating. I just helped somebody right there. So he desires this deeper relationship with each of us and speaks to every single human heart to have that relationship and to grow in that relationship. He speaks in a manner of different ways. He speaks by the Holy Spirit. Uh, cracker of a message last week, Pastor Brendan, Pentecost Sunday. If you weren't here, catch up. It was awesome. It uh, really just inspired you again of the significance of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. See, I listened. Uh, and it was, it was just a great, great message. The Holy Spirit is with us and in us, speaking to us every day. God speaks through His Word. Anyone bring a, a, a old school Bible with you this morning? I know Pastor Brendan did, and I could see Pastor Jason. Yes, that's why we pay you the big bucks, mate. Uh, <laughs> the, hard, the, the hard copy Bible, uh, His Word to us, uh, but also through His spoken Word. Now, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I'd be uh, just in awe and terrified if I ever did. Um, but you know, just that sense that, no, I believe that was God speaking to me. That's how He speaks to us, through creation, through other people, uh, really through anything, movies, songs, billboards, podcasts, Twitter, um, TikTok. I'm not advocating for these things, but I know that God speaks to us through anything because He wants to get our attention. What does He want to get our attention for? What does He want to talk to us about anyway? Everything, absolutely everything. He wants to give us affirmation, assurance and advice every day. He talks to us about our future, he talks to us about our problems, about our seasons, about our loved ones, about our finances, you name it. But when He speaks, this gap is created. When He speaks, He speaks to us but we're over here and, and there's a gap. And I think sometimes it's a time gap. You know, he might ask us to do something and we're still over here on this side of what he's asked us to do. And then sometimes I think it's a trust gap. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that can fill this gap. Fear, doubt, uncertainty, insecurities of what God talks to us and, and our actions to those instructions. But I believe that since we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, 
We have this desire to do God's will. We want to follow His Word, right? We want to do what He asks us to do. It's, it's just in us to, to want to obey Him. So how do we do that? How do we close the gap? I'm so glad you asked, Pastor Adam. I'm going to tell you. There's, uh, there's four things that I think are, are really key in closing the gap. Are you ready? First one, when God speaks, hear Him. When God speaks, hear Him. Jesus says in, in Matthew 7, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, position yourself to hear the voice of God for your life. However you do that, position yourself. It might be worship music. It might be spending some quiet time with Him. It might be journaling, reading your Bible, going for a walk in creation, making time. He's got things to say to you. They're good and they're going to help you. But I think sometimes, I'm sure you're like me, we drown out His voice with distractions, with deceptions and with disappointments. And sometimes we're ignorant of his voice. We just simply can't discern his voice to us. Just like uh, Pastor Jared and Lily were talking about on Future Sound Sunday, Samuel just was, was hearing God's voice, but he wasn't really discerning that it was God. How are we positioning ourselves to hear from him? What habits have we put in place to keep that communication channel open? You know, sometimes uh, it's not like, is this radio constantly, God's telling me instruction like 24-7 and I have to like, you know, try and keep up, try and keep up, try and keep up. Um, sometimes he's silent on a matter. I might ask his advice and, uh, and he's not going to give me a new piece of direction. That just means I have to obey the last piece of direction that he gave me. But it's my willingness and my openness to hear what he has to say in the moment. On the converse, what distractions or maybe what deceptions have we allowed to block that voice out. Church, can I say it really, really clearly? Heaven wants to help us navigate life. The Holy Spirit is keen, 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 keen to support and strengthen us all of our days by speaking timely words of wisdom, peace and love. Pro tip from Pastor Brendan, you know it's him because it's profound. It's a thought way above your pay grade. <laughs> uh, it's persistent. You just won't be able to shake it. And, it's, and it brings this peace, an undeniable assurance that, yeah, no, we're going to be okay. That was God. All those things wrapped up, you know it's Him speaking to you. But if you honestly can't discern the voice of God or if you struggle with discerning the voice of God, we want to help. And I don't say this lightly. We understand the weight and terrible responsibility of hearing from God for your life. But that's exactly what God has positioned us as pastors to do. We are here in an office of pastoral, uh, in a pastoral office to hear God's voice for your life. If you believe that Civic Church is your home, then God is going to give us um, this affirmation of, yeah, we believe that that's what God is saying for your life. Come on, let's, let's join together and let's just do this journey together. So come and talk to us. I am so grateful for my pastor, Pastor Brendan, who I believe uh, hears from God for my life. Whenever I'm at a crossroads, whenever I I need to dialogue or, or process something. Uh, he's the, well, I was going to say he's the door that I knock on. We share an office, so um, I don't really knock on that door, but he's the one that I go to. And I say, Pastor Brendan, can you just help me process? And, 
and I know that he hears from God, God for my life. So come and talk to us if you're struggling hearing from God. So when you hear, when God speaks, hear him. This is one way to close the gap. You know where this is going, right? Second, when you hear God, obey him. When you hear him, so you've heard what God is asking you to do, you've heard uh, what advice God is giving you, then, you know, jump to it. (laughs) Back in Matthew, Jesus was saying, the man who hears and does is wise. The person who listens and follows is wise. He says, you know, he who puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house. As followers of Christ, we don't want to just hear what God is saying to us. We want to obey. You know, listening alone doesn't make us wise. I love reading. I read many, many books. I just wish my retention rate was better because, you know, sometimes it goes in and out unless I actually put it into action, unless I put flesh to it, unless I outwork it, then it's just a whole lot of knowledge and it doesn't make me wise. In the same way that um, doing doesn't, doing alone doesn't make us wise. Lots of activity without proper guidance or perfect timing just makes us busy and dangerous. The best combo is listening and doing. In that order, always together. James says it pretty straight. James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Closing the gap is all about obedience. And obedience is this product of genuine faith. It's where the rubber really hits the road with your walk with Jesus. When you bring his will from this intangible space to the tangible. Maybe it's starting a new job. Maybe it's making a tough decision or having that tough conversation. Maybe it's adjusting your friendships. Maybe it's sticking at something that you would rather quit, but you just know God hasn't told you so yet. (laughs) Whatever it is, close the gap. Don't just hear his words to you, but do them. Obey him. Gonna make sure I'm spacing that correctly. Next one, when you obey God, obey on time. Again, back in Matthew, yet it did not fall, this house, because it had its foundations on the rock. The house was already built before the storm came. The timing was right. If obeying God is this destination, then timing is the vehicle that gets us there. And I have gotten it wrong before, church. I am, I am okay to stand up here this morning and say, I am imperfect. I make mistakes. I've gotten the timing wrong before and I would hope that I don't get it wrong again, but I'm sure I will. I just hope that I don't get it wrong in the same times that I got it wrong before. Did I lose you? Yeah, me too. <laughs> I've heard God and, I, and, uh, and just jumped at the doing too early. Or I've heard God and procrastinated and procrastinated, and then did some other stuff, and then procrastinated, and then finally got around to obeying God. Either way, it's not ended very well for me or for those others involved. Obedience to his word outside of obedience to his wisdom isn't really obedience at all. Premature obedience makes things messy. Postponed obedience makes things messy. We have to get the timing right. Obey on time, which I think first starts in the heart. 
You know, I think when God asks us to do something, I think there's this heart response, or we ought to have this heart response that says, yes, God, I'm going to do that. And then it works out into the head and into the hands. We work with him on the timing of actually make that happen to make that happen. Sometimes it is immediate. You know, God might, might prompt you to send a text to somebody uh, or to um, speak to somebody or to phone somebody and say, hey, you're having a tough time. I, I, I believe it. Can we pray together? I'd love to do that. And it's an it's a in-the-moment thing. Yes, God, I'm going to do that. And bam, I do that. But oftentimes it's over a period of time. You might sense God uh, telling you to start studies or to break a habit or to have another child, or to restore a relationship. Either way, when we obey, we want to obey on time. Don't think I moved this. The gap is getting smaller, people. And last, when you obey God, obey in full. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. A built house... Is a finished house, right, Mr. Builder? The wise man didn't just stop at the slab or he didn't just quit at lockup stage. He waited till the house was completely full. He built the house. So when God speaks to us, we need to obey in full every word that he says to us, the whole deal. We don't want to fill in the gap. We want to close the gap. So we don't want to just make it up, but we want to listen to God, hear what he's telling us and obey everything he tells us. Otherwise, we shortcut what he wants to do in us and through us. I believe there is safety and protection when we obey God in full because he sees the bigger picture. We don't. I am finite. He is infinite. He sees what's going on. He sees the wider view. And so who knows what our obedience, like what's on the other side of our obedience. We can't see that, but God does. So we need to obey in full. If we only take the parts of his guidance that are convenient and comfortable, we won't get anywhere where he wants us to be in his agenda for us. If we just pick and choose the parts of his directions to obey, then we'll end up with this distorted and disproportionate house. Obedience is uncomfortable. Obedience is challenging. Precisely why I don't do it all the time. You the same? And precisely why we don't do it all the time in full. But as disciples of Christ, we want to close the gap. Nice. I think as we wrap up this morning, a great example of someone who closed the gap is Noah. He lived around 2500 BC and we know him mostly because of the ark. He's the guy that built the ark when God flooded the earth. Some of the story is God had become so grieved at the violent and evil state of, hum- of humanity that he decided to flood the earth. Before you stone me about you know, how cruel God is, if you really read the context, it's actually a story of grace but I digress. Noah found favour in God's sight, so he asked him to build an ark to save him and his family and a whole bunch of animals. So Noah did that. He built the ark, the floods came, and about 400 days later, they left the ark. And then God established this covenant, this agreement with Noah and his family that he'll never flood the earth again and sealing that promise that we still have today with a rainbow, beautiful rainbow. One of the biggest things that speaks to me in the story of Noah is his obedience, is how he closed the gap. When God spoke, 
Noah heard him. Moses writes of Noah that he was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. This speaks about relationship. He was in constant community, a connection, uh, a communication with God, so that when he spoke to him, when God spoke to him, he had positioned himself to hear. It was a lifestyle and a habit. When Noah heard God, Noah obeyed God. It says a couple of times in Genesis that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Irrespective of the consequences of reputation, I mean, it was an outrageous claim that God was going to sweep in and flood the whole earth. Irrespective of the sacrifice of time and energy, do you believe it took about 55 to 75 years to build the ark? I can't fathom that, but I suppose they didn't have factories back then or, you know, Bunnings, um, so they had to go and, you know, um, do everything old school. But that's a long time, irrespective of how long it took. Noah said, you told me to do something, God, and I'm going to stick at it. Irrespective of the craziness of it all, he obeyed. When Noah obeyed God, he obeyed on time. You keep reading through the story in chapters 6, 7 and 8 and you can read how Noah followed the directions of God and the timing of God in building the ark, completing the ark, in uh, filling the ark, even in waiting on God's timing to leave the ark. He didn't just make an executive decision. He waited to hear God and walk out of that ark. And when Noah obeyed God, he obeyed in full. We've already read, Noah did everything. It was not one thing that God had asked him to do that he said, no, God, that's too hard. He obeyed in full measure. He heard, he obeyed, he obeyed on, t- on time <clears throat> and he obeyed in full. What's God saying to you? What is it that God has asked you to do? Maybe you haven't spent that time to, to ask the question or ask for guidance or even a strategy to solve a problem or direction about what's happening in your life. Can I encourage you to do that? And then from there, what's God asking you to do? Close the gap. Trust Him. Obey Him. Who knows what's on the other side of your obedience? He wants hearts that are just willing and ready to hear Him, to say, yes, Jesus, to be that true disciple that says, God, I'm not just going to be have a convenient faith, but I'm actually going to step out on what you've asked me to do. I'm going to close the gap. Why don't you stand this morning? I wanna pray with us before we wrap up our service. Father, we are so grateful for who You are. We are grateful that we can come with hearts surrendered, knowing that You speak to us. I mean, what a miracle, God, that You would choose to speak to us. Who are we? But God, we are Your chosen people. God, we are the apple of Your eye and You desire us, God, to have relationship. You want to communicate. You want to relate to us. God, and we position ourselves to hear from You. God, and then we choose, God, to close the gap. We don't wanna ignore it. We don't wanna mind it. We don't wanna cancel it. God, we wanna close the gap. God, give us the uh, strength. God, give us the ability. Give us, uh, let's put our brave on, God, to close that gap. Whatever it is that You're asking us to do, whatever it is that You have asked us or You will ask us, God, we commit to closing the gap because we know that you're good, you've got good plans for us, you're working things together for good. God, and we just commit to closing the gap 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.